If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. going on ladies and gentlemen it's tuesday night what uh october 24th fresh off the heels of a ufc pay-per-view in which we saw islam makachev maintain his reign over the lightweight division for now for now um Hulk stepping up on short notice getting it done Getting it done against the old, the old Volkanovsky. Um, Too, it's pretty crazy, man. We just had a uh, a list of fighters to get cut, uh, a new a new drop, if you will, and uh, some surprising ones, but also some ones that you're probably wondering why they're still on the roster anyway. Kick it off, JP buys. Uh, Oh, and four in the UFC. I mean, they they, they tried, right? You know, um, oh, and two. Um, and then the whole Cheyenne thing goes down. You know, I guess he got a, a merciful two more fights. And uh, that was the end of that, you know, so they, they let him go. Um, my man just stays losing. So maybe he'll go LFA, get a couple wins, come back. Right, Ryzen. Ryzen seems like a great place for a JP buys to go. Jake Collier got cut. Jake Collier's out five and nine in the UFC. Um, you know, I the thing with Jake, right, is that, that I, I don't, I don't necessarily know why the heavyweight thing was that can, you know, why he thought that was the path. I felt like middleweight and light heavyweight were probably better for him. You know, just I don't know if he thought he was going to be able to put a pace on people. Maybe he just didn't have the discipline to go back down to the lower weights. Just didn't like cutting weight, but those were always just better for him. Um, who else got it? Carl Deaton, the rat tail. Got to love a guy with a rat tail. Um, Andre Fialu went. That was. That was a uh, not a surprise. I mean, two and five in the promotion, you know, only wins over Miguel Baeza and Cameron Van Camp, and Van Camp was not good. So appreciate the hammer spot there while we had it, but uh, that was the end of that. And um, who else? AJ Fletcher, Casper, Adios Mi Amigo, Hannah Goldie, you know. I mean, we really just kind of wondered how she was still in the roster anyway. Uh, Kamawilla Kirk was was a little bit of a different one. I mean, I would have liked to have seen him get another, a couple more shots. He, you know, he was super entertaining guy, super entertaining, uh, very smooth. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, Tucker Lutz, the surprising one really is Jennifer Maya. Um, I have to imagine she's on her way to PFL. I imagine that's got to be her 
her thought process is PFL. Um, so, uh, I think that it's probably more so her not wanting to re-up than anything else. Um, John McDessie's gone. Shane Young. I mean, we've we've been wondering for years how Shane Young is still on the roster. And now we don't have to ask ourselves that question anymore because he ain't. He's not on the roster anymore. So see you later, Shane Young. Uh, although I will miss making money off of you losing. Let's see. I'm trying to think, man. You know, it's not really a whole lot. I don't want to say it's underwhelming, but it was underwhelming, right? Like, um, UFC 294 was 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 kind of underwhelming, if we're just being honest. I, I don't know. I don't want to keep saying the same thing over again, um, but that's really just how it played out. I just wasn't, I wasn't blown away by anything that I saw. I, I don't know that if you go back and look at it again, I mean, what's, is there a rewatch value on any of the fights? I mean, was there anything really that really like stuck out to you? And you're like, Oh man, that's a, that was a fight for the ages. You know, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think you find yourself in that position. Right. Um, you know, Sharmagomedov beat Bruno Silva. Okay. Uh, Victoria Dudakova beat Jin Fry. I think we all thought that was coming. Um, Nathaniel Wood losing is a little bit of a shock, right? A little bit of a shock there. Uh, Mike Breeden with the comeback, sure. Uh, the fact that Cedricus Dumas keeps winning fights is just a mere, I don't understand, man. Skill for skill, he's got to be one of the worst on the roster. Has to be. Has to be. Um, but yet he finds ways to win fights, man. I, I don't get it. Uh, Basharat, you know, dick kicked Victor Henry. It is what it is. Honestly, the, the things that kind of like threw me off the most were Trevor Peak winning by decision, which I feel like Bookie's probably cleaned up on the one and a half in the inside the distance there plays all just going to hell. And um, the... Magomed Ankalaev, Johnny Walker fiasco. Just an ap- absolute fiasco. I don't know another way to put that. It's just an absolute fiasco. Um, I, I don't understand. It feels like as a, as a promotion, as a sport, we leave... We still haven't figured out how to not leave things up to inexperience. Um, it still rears its ugly head, whether it be judging, whether it be refereeing, whether it be, in this instance, cage side physicians. Um, you don't see this in other major sports promotions. They don't get it wrong like this. They really don't get it wrong like this. And you can't just be um, John Doe off the street. Now, the, to be fair to judges and referees, I, I I have looked into the process to become a judge, looked into the process to become a referee, and at least it is now. Um, it may not have been for some of these other folks like Adelaide Bird and Chris Bell and 
or Mike Bell or whatever that, whatever his name is. Um, it might not be that way. They might be grandfathered in, but at least where I'm at in the state of South Carolina, you have to have a vested interest in the sport, i.e. be a practitioner, a coach, a former athlete, something like that, or they, they won't, they will not give you, um, the go ahead. And you also like have to have letters of recommendation from people within the sport. So coaches, gym owners, athletes vouching for your, uh, your character and your ability to competently handle and see and know what's going on as well as then also having the proper training. So it's, it's not, we still see it sometimes, right? Like when, um, that guy almost let Benoit St. Denis get murdered, uh, by easy to Santos. We still see it from time to time, but you know, this is supposed to be the biggest show on earth. We can't have cage side physicians that don't understand what's happening in their advising on whether or not fighters should or should not continue. Same thing with referees, same things with, with, with judges. Um, you know, a 28, 28 in the, the Usman Hamzat fight. What? <laughs> what? What kind of card is that? What kind of scorecard is that? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Where did that come? I don't, these people just throw me off, man. Where's it's, it's supposed to be the biggest and the baddest, um, promotion out there. The, the, the lack of consistency sometimes, um, or rather not consistent, lack of a standard, right? There should be standard practice. Um, you know, here, here's what's great. I'm just, I'm just reading, just letting you know some stuff. The UFC strikes lucrative new sponsorship with Bud Light in a deal reportedly worth a hundred million dollars. Boy, if the, if Bud Light is not trying to recapture the male marketplace, um, you know, I, I, this, this is, this is grasping at straws. Um, you almost wonder if enough time has passed for people to even care about the Bud Light thing, but you know, the stock price says that they have not stopped caring about it yet. Um, so we'll see. That's an interesting, interesting move, but you know, Dana White's Dana White loves money. So he'll take that hundred mil. He'll take that. And that'll be yet, you know, uh, It'll be like logo number 29 on the canvas, lo logo number 30 on the canvas, right? Like fighters weren't allowed to wear, weren't allowed to be sponsored, weren't allowed to wear sponsorships on their uniforms anymore because there was no uniformity according to the UFC. It didn't look good, uh, but yet they take the canvas and they put 30 logos on it. Yeah, they just wanted their own. They just wanted the money. That's all that was. They just wanted the money, man. Super greedy. Super, super greedy. Um, greed, greed supersedes all. And it's always been about greed in the fight game. And I, I think we'd be fooling ourselves to think that it's any different um, in this regard. You know, we've, we've said this before about fighters not getting paid what they're due or what they're owed. Uh, and the profit sharing of the UFC compared to other sports is criminally low. 
criminally low. Um, you know, and it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, so $100 million deal for with Bud Light. I'm still not going to drink Bud Light. Full disclosure, still not going to drink it. Still don't care. Um, at, at times, at, at times, um, this is probably the least interested in in MMA I've been in 20 plus years of being all in on the sport. This is amongst the lowest hype I've had for the sport in a long time. They're just, it feels a lot like going through the motions. It feels a lot like going through the motions. It feels a lot like they're just rinsing and repeating things. Um, and it's, it's not the fact that there's fights every weekend because I love that. And it's not even necessarily quote unquote quality of the cards. Um, it's just there. It's like, we've all agreed to I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. It's almost like they have AI controlling. It, it feels more like sports entertainment than like the anything can happen. It hasn't felt like the anything can happen in a long time. Like you, you can make the argument. You say, well, Dale, look at Sean Strickland beating Izzy. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I guess that it, I guess that is the you know the most recent anything can you know you know you just never know. Hell, you just say Volk getting knocked out. Not a lot of people thought Islam was going to knock him out with a head kick in the first round. Um, you know, anything can happen, but it it feels like they know the exact amount of star and name power to put on a card to make it a pay-per-view, to bring in that exact dollar amount, give or take, what they want, and just go from there, right? Like, they're just like, all right, here, here's the thing. Here, Bud Light, you know, this is why we're worth $100 million. We're going to give you X number of eyes. We're going to give you 10 million eyes a month. We'll give you 10 million eyes. That me and, you know, every, that, that's, 10 million eyes equals 30 million unique impressions every month. And they, they basically just have it whittled down to the, to the analytics of it. And it, if you think I'm wrong here, I would ask you to examine the fact why the UFC does not even attempt to build stars. They don't even attempt it. There's no effort in it at all. At all. Remember 10 years ago, they were booking Connor and Nate and Holly Holm. Like when Holly Holm knocked out Ronda Rousey, she went on the Today Show. She went on the Today Show. But now with the ESPN deal, they just do ES some ESPN stuff, some crossover ESPN stuff. But like there's no there's no promotion of anybody to make them a star. The organization is an organism in and of itself that they try to grow. They don't try to grow the individuals within the organization. They're just not trying to do it. 
And you can say, well, like, what about Sean O'Malley? Everything Sean O'Malley is doing is on his own. The UFC is not doing any of that for him. And even then, with what he's doing on his own, it's it's only limited to social media. He's not showing up all these other places. It's all grassrooted stuff, podcasts and YouTube shorts and all this, like, through other... It's, it's his grassroots nature of it, right? It's not what you would expect... Of a, if you're trying to make a superstar, right? Because the problem is, and we circle this full circle back to the greed again, is that when you make a superstar, you have to pay a superstar. The UFC was willing to do that with Connor. I'd argue that they weren't ever, ever, ever willing to do it with anybody else. Brock Lesnar, Brock. They were willing to do it with Brock. That's it. That's it. If you can find a way to have a moment that transcends the organization, the organism that is the organization, if you can find that moment, maybe, maybe you can bust out. But I mean, look, no, look, I mean, here, here's here. And this is, this is where you're just going to go. Oh, you lost me. You had me right up until this. Take a guy like Dober. Take a guy like Dober. Yes, he lost the Matt Frivola. I'm, I'm, I, you can't do anything. He, he, he lost the Matt Frivola. But you have a guy that's well-spoken, good-looking, and he is the number one leader for knockouts in the lightweight division in organizational history. Has more knockouts than anybody else in the lightweight division, which has widely been considered outside of maybe welterweight, the deepest, darkest division that's ever existed. And he's the leader in knockouts. He fourth, fifth in line on a card headlined by the guy he knocked out two fights prior. And then there's no mention of it at all. Broadcast team doesn't mention it. He has to bring it up. You want, for better or for worse, you want selling points for your people. You want the juggernauts. You want the the left hand and iron chin and a hard time. Those guys, you want that, right? You, you have to market people as these larger-than-life characters. If you look at the heyday of boxing, not just Muhammad Ali, but just even like just Larry Holmes, George Foreman, like, you know, hell, you, Ernie Shavers was on, like, was on the Tonight Show. Like, these, these dudes were everywhere. They were everywhere. You couldn't get them on enough radio. You couldn't get them on enough TV to help promote something. It helps make people relatable. Embedded doesn't do it. Embedded's not doing it. Embedded is another algorithmic way to bring in revenue. What was doing it, what was good, was Dana White's behind the scenes before Embedded, if those of you that remember that. It used to be after the event. Occasionally, occasionally Dana White would throw together a 8, 10-minute video, behind-the-scenes footage after the fights. Guys talking with their girlfriends, their wives, their team, 
getting checked out, getting sewn up, talking about what went right, what went wrong, high-fiving, you know, stadium staff and going to the after-fight press conferences and stuff like that. That that humanized, that built character, that 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 gave insight. Embedded doesn't really do that. It's it's parceled and picked together and packaged. It's packaged. It's sterile. There you go. It's sterile. It's tough. It's tough. It's it's neutering. It's you know. You could you can make the argument that that they're doing something right because their market share continues to grow. I would argue that it almost feels like everybody else just can't compete with the execution. Um, of the UFC. Like, I, I think, I think if you had the reach, I think if you had the reach, if you had the, if you had the, the push, right. You could, you could topple them. Within a within a ten year time frame, I think if you had ten years and the monetary resources to play catch up, you could topple. You could topple, I, and I think I think I, I by no means think that PFL is anywhere close to that. But if PFL gets that Saudi Arabia money and gets the right people there, the right people at the helm, um, I think that they could in ten years make a real a real change in the paradigm of mixed martial arts. The sport is still incredibly young, all things considered. We don't have to have things set in stone. Um, it's just the fact that we exist as organizations uh, instead of promotions and, and there is no... Like they should be tripping over each other to like even go, circle back to the greed thing again. It, it You should be tripping over each other as far as promotions go to absolutely have crossover fights. Absolutely. You should be pushing for that. That's how, that's how you bring it all in. That's how you bring it in. That's how, that's how you, that's how you, create superstars but then you have to make superstar money i'm speaking on this like the ufc wants to create superstars but they don't know how they know exactly how they just refuse to do it because they don't want to pay superstar money because the market share is too good with where it's at currently um but anyway you know i don't I think the market's going to crash before the end of the year. So there's that. Um, yields, bonds are going crazy. We're just printing money. They say inflation's going down. It's not. Nobody that buys their groceries thinks that inflation's going down. Um, I would say probably 70%, 60 to 70% of the weapons that Hamas is using to attack Israel were weapons that we sent to Ukraine. I just a, a small little snippet for you here. One of the things that the US government loves to do 
actually love to do this is they love to give weapons to insurgents and uh, terrorist organizations and either use it to implode the country or use it to help uh, this small insurgency pick a fight with a ally that has a degree of separation from us. So that way our ally can go and wipe them off the planet. And then we can reap the rewards of the power vacuum, i.e. Libya and Omar Gaddafi. I'm just going to say it now. Not that it's like a super hot take, but it is. I'm just going to say it now. 10 to 15 years that we will find out that obviously Israel is one of the Gaza Strip and the, you know, quote unquote, Palestinian area for some time now. Um, there's nothing that the U.S. loves more than cucking itself out for Israel. I, 10 to 15 years from now, we're going to find that we armed Hamas and had them poke the bear so that Israel was justified in wiping them off the earth uh, and retaking the Gaza Strip because we want to do what Israel wants. So those are your two conspiracy theories. The market crashed before the end of 2023. And um, we third party funded, not funded, but uh, we poked the bear. Or we gave the bear a bunch of cocaine and then let it loose. Anyway, be good to each other. I'll see you next week. Almeida versus... Derek Lewis, right? Yeah. Derek Lewis. Nicholas Dalby fight week. He's fighting a Bond Fiend brother. We're going to find out which Bond Fiend brother is a is a fraud this upcoming week. And I think it's I think it's the one that Nicholas Dalby's fighting. Plus 330 on some books. If you don't bet Nick Dalby at plus 330, God help you. All right. God bless. We'll see you later.